This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Today, I'm finishing up my series on faith additives. Of course, I'm going to try to combine it all together. Amen. Faith additives and a healing service. And, um, and we're in 2 Peter 1, 5 and 7. And the title of this uh, um, message today is Love. How many people could walk in more love? Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm telling you, the world is not walking in too much love. Amen. And uh, if you're walking in love, you're not walking in fear. Amen. And uh, if you're worried, then you're not walking in too much love. Amen. <laughs> because, because perfect love casts out fear. So we don't want to be worrying. We don't want to be fretting uh, about anything. Amen. And so when we're so rooted and grounded in God's love, we will not be afraid. Amen? And so that, that, that's good to think about that. Amen? In other words, we're going to be casting our cares on the Lord. That's free today. I'm not going to charge you for that. That's hot off the press. That's, that should let you know that don't worry. God has it in hand. Amen? Whatever you might be dealing with today or your issues, God has it in hand. Amen? So let's look at 2 Peter 1, 5 and 7. And uh, I, I love this because... Uh, we want to practice these, these seven uh, key attributes. And when we practice these seven key attributes um, along with our faith, uh, the Bible says that we will be fruitful in all that we do and the entrance into the kingdom will be fully granted to us. So I don't know about you, but uh, I want to be fruitful in all that I do in God. How many people want to be fruitful? And I, I, want, I want to bear fruit, amen? And, uh, and I know everybody watching online want to bear fruit. And we want to be fruitful in all that we do. And, and Jesus said that he called us to bear fruit, amen? And so your calling, your initial calling, uh, is to bear good fruit. And when we exercise these key principles, uh, we will be uh, operating in the fruit that God wants us to operate in, Amen. And so in 2 Peter 1, 5 and 7 says, add to your faith. So we want to add to our faith virtue, amen? Uh, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, uh, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love, amen? And so, and so he's, Peter sums it up. With, with the key is that we need to make sure that we are walking in love. Amen? And, uh, you know, uh, we need love to be abounding in our lives. Amen? And we know that Jesus, when he came into the scene, uh, he was grace and truth personified. And, and Jesus started teaching, uh, you know, to the disciples and to all those that were listening that uh, love is the key to, to our walk with God. And uh, so Jesus said to his disciples in John 13, 34 and 35, he says, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Amen. And if you read that, notice it ha- love is mentioned about four times, just what I just read. Amen. 
I'm going to read that again. A new commandment I give you is that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this will all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Amen. And, uh, and so Jesus, you know, how do we love? Well, we got to look at Jesus. He's our example. And, uh, you know, he's our example of love. Jesus laid down his life for us. So, really, the greatest, you know, love is laying our lives down for others. Amen? It, it, and that's not easy because, you know, we have self always in the way. And we always want to have self-preservation. And we always want to be protecting ourselves. And so, the Bible goes contrary to us trying to protect ourselves, the Bible says, look out for other people, amen? Love other people. Love as Jesus loved. And, and when Jesus said this to his disciples, we know that this was at the end of his, his ministry. He was walking with his disciples for about three years. And, um, and he said this at the end. He said, you need to walk in love. But, but, but when he gave this command, uh, he, he gave this command... Uh, before he gave this command, Jesus was up in the upper room, and what he did was he he uh, washed the disciples' feet, and so he girded himself, and and that and he he took in a sense he took uh, on a, a a form of a servant, and even though he was he is the master Jesus, and he is master, and he was teacher of the uh, disciples, he washed their feet. So if you're going to walk in love, you got to go low in your own estimation of who you are. Okay, I'm preaching today. I'm preaching today. In other words, the Bible says we shouldn't think so highly of ourselves as we ought to think, but think soberly for God has allotted each one of us a measure of faith. In other words, each one of us have special gifts that God has given us and we all have different giftings and abilities but don't get caught up with our giftings and abilities. Understand this. Don't get so, don't get so high and lifted up that, that we can't lower ourselves in, in humility to help somebody else. And so, and so if you're going to go higher in God, you have to go lower in yourself. I'm preaching a day. You have to go a little lower in yourself. In other words, Jesus... He, he humbled himself to wash the disciples' feet, but he was master. He could have had somebody else do it. He could have said, Peter, I want you to wash everybody's feet today. He could have said, John, I want you to wash everybody's feet. I, I got an example for everybody. No, no, he actually did it himself. Think about that. And so what is Jesus saying? He's saying that he wants us. In other words, there's a scripture in the, in the I think it's in Proverbs, it says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Have you ever heard that scripture? In other words, sometimes as we are walking in love, we, we, we take the hit. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? In other words, uh, we, we're the ones, that when we walk in love, sometimes we have to take the hit. Like Jesus said, if you slap my face, turn the other cheek, right? We have to take the abuse at times. And we have to overcome the abuse to walk in the love of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So Jesus is saying that we need to walk as a servant. We are king's kids and we're here to rule and reign in this life. 
but we're also here to serve. And we can't remember, uh, we can't forget that we're servants unto the Lord Jesus Christ and we're called to serve one another. Amen? Amen. And, uh, you know, I was, um, there was a MMA, a mixed martial arts fighter, uh, George Pierre, I think his name uh, is, um, and uh, a famous fighter. And, and I was watching a little documentary of his life, and he was a famous mixed mar- martial artist fighter. And, and uh, he, uh, he became a fighter because he was bullied as a kid. And he was bullied as a kid uh, by this one big bully. And so um, he, he started taking martial arts so he could learn to defend himself. And in the process uh, of him taking martial arts, he started getting really good and he became a mixed martial arts uh, um, uh, champion, making lots of money. Uh, anybody ever watch mixed martial arts in here? Amen. And, uh, and, and so, and so, but uh, he said what drove him to do that was the bully. And, uh, and so he, uh, I, was, I was listening to his uh, story and he said that he came into his town and there was a, uh, he, 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 he came into his town and there was a guy that was begging. And he noticed a guy that was begging for money on the street. He was walking, noticed a guy that was begging money on the street, down the street where his family lives, uh, was the guy that used to bully him. And it was a guy that used to bully him. And, he, and, and the guy was scared because he knew that he was a mixed martial arts, uh, you know, a, a fighter, an MMA fighter. And they could probably take him out. And so now he's seeing his nemesis. And, 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 and George Pierre, what, what he did was, he could have probably said, let's throw down. Let's, let, let's tango. Now I'm ready for you, right? And because he was a bigger kid, you know, you know when he was being beat up. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, and so the bully kind of shrunk back, got a little nervous, and uh, he said, listen, man, he said, man, what are you doing here? He said, uh, George Pierre said, what are you doing here on the streets? You know, you're better than this. You, 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 you used to, you know, you used to take me out in, in, at school. And in other words, you used to beat, beat me up. You had a lot more confidence back then. You're better than this. And he pulled money out of his pocket and gave it to his nemesis. Think about this. And he said, man, you need to get your life in order. You, you're better than this. And then, you know, George Pierre said in his interview that he could have probably beat him up. But he said there was something inside of him that said, help him. And, you know, even though the struggles that we struggle with at times, we think that, you know, and the enemy, you know, puts us in struggles for our demise. But, but what the enemy doesn't know, it's really for our promotion. The, the hard times that we go through is pushing us into becoming the people of God that God intended us to be. Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? And George Pierre became this champion fighter because of this bully. Think about this. And the bully came back uh, maybe a couple weeks later and knocked on his parents' door and, and wanted to talk to George Pierre. Of course, they didn't tell him where he lived. And, but, but, he, but he wanted to thank George Pierre because he got a job and he's back on his feet. What am I saying? Love never fails. What am I saying? I'm saying, and, and George Pierre said, you know, he used to didn't like himself. And when he came to a point, now I don't know if he's a Christian or not, but he had low self-esteem. But, but he had a healthy love for himself. Amen. And I'm going to say this. If you're, 
If you're going to walk in love uh, to your neighbor, you better have a healthy love for yourself. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, an unhealthy love for yourself and, and, being, and, and, and being prideful. But I'm, I'm saying that God made you and he created you one of a kind. You are a masterpiece. And no matter what you may have grew up and what, uh, what people may have said about you in your past or what, what even the enemy may try to tell you at times, you're not what you do. You're not, you know, you're, you know the mistakes that you make, amen, you're, you who God created you to be. And so what am I saying today? George Pierre said that he felt good, praise God, giving out, uh, uh, being a blessing, and, 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 and I'm telling you, when we start giving out and we're being a blessing, we're going to see blessings all around us. And so, so we need to be like Jesus. You know, faithful are the wounds of a friend. In other words, Jesus received stripes on his body for our healing. He was, he was crucified and, and he suffered, you know, death on the cross so that we could have life in God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So we got to get a revelation of this. And then, and then you know, some would say that we're under grace, but we're not under the law. And, and, and the Bible does say that we are under grace and we're not under law. But we are under a new law. We may not be under the Levitical law or, the, or the, all, the, all the laws that the Pharisees put on the people, which was over 600 rules and regulations. No, no, but, but we are under the law of love. So we need to be walking in the law of love. And, and so in Matthew twenty two thirty seven 37 through 40, Jesus, uh, somebody asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said to him, you shall love your Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commands hang all the law of the prophets. So, so what Jesus is saying here is he's saying that, number one, and I'm going to say this, that there's New Year's, you might be making, anybody make New Year's resolutions, you know, you know, for the new year? And I'm going to say this, a New Year resolution this year is the love that you should make is to love God more. Okay, I'm preaching today. You need to make a resolution this year that you're going to love God more. Look at your neighbor and say, love God more. Amen. And, and, and right here, he's saying the greatest commandment is to love your Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Amen. And love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. So we want to love people. We want to love God and we want to love people. We want to love our neighbors that aren't in church today. Amen. We, you know, I'm sure there's people we need. We need to do some kind of, you know, uh, you know, operation. uh, Love thy neighbor. And we need to be praying for our neighbors and we need to be witnessing to our neighbors. I'm talking about people that live right around us. And we need to be inviting them into Exceed Life Church. We need to get the block that we live on. We need to get all these people saved. Why? There's a lot of people not in church. There's a lot of people aren't saved. There's a lot of people. There's a broad road out here. 
Many people are on that broad road. Jesus talks about the broad road of destruction. And, you know, and there's many people on that broad Why are many people on the broad road? Because it takes no discipline. It, it takes no sacrifice. The broad road is the, is the easy road, as in you do whatever you want to do, right? But the narrow road is, I got to get up and go to church. <laughs> the narrow road is, I need to read my Bible. The narrow road is, I need to pray. The narrow road is, I need to walk in love towards my enemies. That's the narrow road. People don't want to walk that narrow road. No, they, they want to walk the broad road. Do what feels good and just do it. Amen. That's the broad road. That's the easy road. Some people say, you know, Jesus is a crutch. You know, they, they, they try to say, you need Jesus to be a crutch. Well, if you broke your leg, wouldn't a crutch be good for you? <laughs> and if we're broken people, don't we need Jesus? Because we are broken people. Prideful people don't think they're broken. But, but people that know that we're, we're broken without Jesus, we're broken, we're busted and disgusted without the Lord Jesus Christ. And we got to get a revelation of that. So this New Year's resolution is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. And, and then when you do those two commands... You're fulfilling the entire law of the prophets. Amen. And so, and so, and so the word of God is, is very clear on that. How do we demonstrate uh, the love of God? How do we demonstrate it? We demonstrate it by loving God, right? And loving people. So how do we do that? Really loving the body of Christ. Uh, you know, in, uh, in Corinthians, it talks about taking communion and, and, the Apostle Paul got the revelation that some church members were dying early. Um, and the reason why they were dying out of their time was because they weren't walking in love towards the body of Christ. The Bible actually says that they were they were dying early and because they weren't discerning the body of Christ. They were walking. They were being rude and arrogant and not loving the body. And so loving the body, there's there's blessings to loving the body of Christ. There's blessings to loving God. So we need to make that commitment, not only this New Year's resolution to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, but we need to make a commitment that we're going to love people. Uh, Husbands, make a commitment that you're going to love your spouse, your wife, this year, more than you did last year. Amen. Uh, uh, Ladies, make sure that you're going to respect your husbands as far as you can. Amen. (laughs) And love your husbands, amen? Are you here when I respect them as far as you can? It's in the Lord, of course. You can't respect anything evil that they might do, but you can love them in the Lord, amen? Hallelujah, I'm preaching better than your amen amen. amen. So you're going to love, you're going to make a commitment to love God, and you're going to love your neighbor, and that includes your spouse, that includes your children, that includes your boss. Hello, are you here? But you may say, I am the boss. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, then love your employees, your, your bonehead employees that mess up every other day. If you're a boss, then you need to love your employees. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Say yes, amen, pastor. Amen. And so, and so how do we demonstrate the love of God? How do we demonstrate God's love? We demonstrate God's love, number one, by faithfully attending church. Oh, man, I'm preaching today. We love God by faithfully coming to church. Amen. 
we, we love the body of Christ. We, we, we're saying when we come to church faithfully and we're showing up, we're saying, God, I love you more than I love sleeping on Sunday mornings. Right? I, I love you more than myself. I, 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 I love you. I, I, I'm, I'm going to pick my cross up. Sometimes going to church is picking up your cross. Sometimes it's picking up and following after you because our bodies and our minds will say, I don't want to go. Isn't that right? Amen. And so, and so we have to overcome, you know, our feelings and we have to walk by faith. Amen. And we have to get up and we have to go. Amen. Because God has a blessing for us. Because some of us might be on the edge of quitting. The enemy's out here to discourage us. He's out here to, to, to put out our light. The devil wants to put out our fire. And some of us, our fire is a little low. And we need to come to church to get our fire stoked. Am I preaching to anybody today? And some of our fire might be dwindling, amen? And we need our fire stoked in God. Glory to God. So you come out, so, 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 so how do we, how do we uh, uh, walk in the love of God and, and, and walk in love towards people? We demonstrate by faithfully attending church. It says in Hebrews 10, 23 and 25, it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he promised is faithful. And let us consider one another, now listen to this, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Amen. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, by exhorting one another so much as the more you see the day is approaching. So the Apostle Paul got the revelation here. He's saying, let's hold fast our confession of hope. Let's not waver. Let's not get into a place where we get depressed and we say it's not worth it. I'm not seeing the promises of God. I've been coming to church. I haven't seen my prayers answered yet. But listen, listen, it's not over yet. And the enemy will try to get us to throw in the towel and say it's not worth it. And it's not worth coming to church. And it's easier just to watch Pastor Dave online. And it is. But there's a greater blessing to coming into the building. There's a greater there's a greater sacrifice to coming out to church. And the and the, the greatest blessing is always on the altar of greater sacrifice. So it takes a little bit more sacrifice to get here. Amen. And you guys are looking good. I know you guys had to make it look right today. Amen. And you guys are looking good. And and so and so it takes a great sacrifice but but the the, the greater blessing is on the sacrifice that we sacrifice for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so he's saying here, let us hold fast confession of our hope without wavering. We should not waver in our faith. And, and we don't waver by coming out to church, considering to stir up one another in good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. In other words, not forsaking the church. Is, and some are doing that. 
And, you know, I'm going to say this, that we need to be very careful that we're not forsaking the assembly of ourselves with other people. Because Jesus, because it says, as a day is drawing near, and that day is that Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back sooner than we think. And, and his return is imminent. And so he's, he's coming back and we need to be ready. And that's the reason why I'm talking to you about these seven keys. That if you're being fruitful in your walk, Jesus is going to come and pick you up. And so in other words, you're not going to be left behind. You may say, well, I believe that all Christians will be taken up in the rapture. Well, according to the, uh, to the parable of the, of the ten virgins... Only five made it up. Five were kept, did not get into the into the into the to the wedding feast. Amen. When when the bride when the bridegroom called. Amen. So only five. So when you're coming to church, what are you doing? You're filling your oil. When you're coming to church, you're filling yourself up with God. When you're coming to church, you're practicing love. How's that, Pastor? You're coming and you're, and you're being part of the assembly and you're worshiping together with each other and you're greeting one another in the love of the Lord and you're letting each other know that you're still in the fight of faith. Glory to God. That you're still fighting the good fight of faith, that you're still here and that we can count on you to be here. Amen. And so and so it says here that 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 we need to make sure that we're ready that as the day is approaching. And and number two, we demonstrate our love by us faithfully giving tithes and offerings to the local church. This this year, make a commitment that you're going to be a giver into the kingdom of God. Because I really believe that God radically wants to change our financial situation for the good. And I believe that God can do a, he can bring miracle money into our lives. He can give us miracle opportunities. He can open miracle doors. But the way he does that is through tithes, giving tithes and offerings. And, and, and he says, and so we demonstrate God's love. By giving tithes and offerings into the kingdom, what, what are we saying? Well, what are we doing? When we give to, uh, to God with our tithes and offerings, we're saying that money doesn't rule us. We're saying that, that money is not king in our life. Jesus is king in our life. And so when we tithe and give offerings, we're putting Jesus on the forefront, because, G, because the Bible says, where your treasures is, so will your heart be. And so if your treasure is in the kingdom of God through tithing and giving offerings, then your heart is in the kingdom of God. Your heart is with Jesus. And so the enemy, then there's no way the enemy can tempt you and, 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 and get you. See, we, none of, see, we're not called to be a Judas. Hello. We're called to be faithful disciples of Christ. Judas robbed from the, the money till, right? He was a thief, amen? And so when you're giving to God, you're not stealing from God. You're actually giving back to God what belongs to him, the tithe. And then you give offerings on top of that. And when you do that, God's able to do amazing things in your life. I'm telling you, some, we need to make sure that this year we make a commitment this year that we're going to get our financial situation in order. Amen. Amen. We, we, need, we need to make a, 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 a resolution that God's going to be first in our money. 
And watch God start turning things around in your life. Watch, watch open doors will start uh, becoming uh, uh, everyday experiences in your life. Open doors of grace and opportunities and, and increase. Amen. You have to have an increase mentality. And I believe that when you tithe and give offerings, God gives you the boldness. He gives you witty ideas to step into increase in your life. God believes in increase. God's not a decreaser. It says in Malachi 3.10, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. So this tells me that God is El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. This tells me that he wants to give us an overflowing blessing. Am I talking to anybody today? He wants to give us an overflowing blessing in our life. The Lord is our shepherd and we shall not want. He anoints our heads with oil, our cup. He prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Our cup overflows. Right? So what is God? He's an overflowing God. He's a, he's a, more, he's a blessing God. He, he, he wants increase in our life. And this year, God wants you to increase. He wants you to have more than enough so that you can be a blessing, not just to your family, but you can be a blessing to other families out here. When you're giving your tithes and offerings, you're helping the poor. Hallelujah. Because our money goes into uh, ministries that help the poor. You're helping the missionaries. Our money's going into ministries that's helping people get saved. You know, the two things that are on God's heart, the revelation God gave me, He wants people saved and He wants people discipled. And when we're putting our money in the kingdom and people are getting saved through messages like this and they're, and they're getting discipled, becoming more like Jesus, then we are touching the heart of God. And I don't know about you, but I want to touch the heart of God. I want to touch his heart. And, 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 if I, and so I made a commitment. Everything, I'm not going to wait on giving. I'm going to start giving. Every, every time I get money in my bank account, I'm writing a check to the church. I used to wait until all the money added up and just did it like, like because I get paid, you know, you know, sporadically uh, from other, other uh, jobs that I do, you know, like through Amazon and all that. And I get paid like twice a week with them. And I normally just add it up and just pay the following month. But, but I just feel led to start paying. As soon as it gets into the account, write the check. Why? Because I want to keep the, I, and I start, started doing that. And I, I can, can I give you a testimony to, today? Uh, you know, my, my average uh, income, when I just started doing that, it has went up with, with Amazon. My tips have went up like 20%. I mean, I'm shocked myself. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? I, I'm telling you, in other words, God doesn't want you working hard. hard. He wants you working smart. And you don't have to, you don't, you know, the, you don't have to work so, your brains out. God can have you work a little bit and you can get a lot. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You don't have to burn the candle at both ends because when you do that, it never makes you any brighter. That's a pun. Amen. Amen. 
you can't burn the candle at both ends, it won't make you any brighter. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so, and so when we give out of a heart of thanksgiving, it cuts the greed out of our lives. And it shows that God is first place in our life. And then we have confidence in God in our area of our finances. And we're believing that God's going to increase us. That means that we're going to get out of debt this year. That means that we're going to have surplus this year. That means that we're going to have money to get not only give a church, but to invest in for our retirements and all that. Amen. So our responsibility towards our brothers and sisters in Christ it, uh, James talks about this. He says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Now, he's saying, you know, you, you say you have faith, but if you don't have works, can that save him? That's a question mark. And he says, If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warm and fill, but you do not give them the things which are needed for their body, what does it profit? Does also faith by itself does not have works, is dead. So, so what James is saying here, he's saying, in a sense, when you're tithing and giving offerings, you're helping brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. Oh, I'm preaching today. Amen. It's, it, I, when, you're, when, you're, when you're giving, you're, you're helping expand the kingdom of God. Amen. So what are you doing is, your faith is living. So if you're not a tither and a giver, you have dead faith. Oh, I'm preaching today. So living faith is activating our faith by being a doer of the word of God. Oh, you listen to what I'm saying to you today. And I want to be in the camp of having living faith and not dead faith. James says dead faith is not, it's, it's not contributing or doing what's needed to help people out. He's saying our faith ha- is activated by doing Amen. Say, that, say this to me. My faith is activated by doing and not just believing. Because faith is one side of faith is believing. The other side of faith is action. So faith without corresponding action is dead. If you truly believe that God's El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough, that he wants to open the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing, then you're going you're gonna to be faithful in giving. Oh, man, I'm preaching. Because you know that God is your source. And then when the enemy tries to beat you up and say, man, you're not going to make it. And you say, no, I, I'm going to make it. I, I can't go down because God will have to go down because I'm a tither and I give offerings. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So in Galatians 6, 9, it says, let us not grow weary while doing good. So let's not get tired of, of giving. Uh, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have an opportunity, let us do good. To all, especially those who are in the household of faith. So he's saying here, don't get tired uh, of coming to church. Don't get tired of giving into the offering. Don't get tired of reading your Bible. Don't get tired of praying and fasting. Don't grow weary because there is a blessing at the end of it. Don't throw in the towel, amen? Uh, Because in due season... Due season. There's a due season for each one of us. And we're on the precipice of our due season. Precipice edge. We're on the edge 
of our due season. But you got to keep doing. It's more than just believing. We got to keep doing. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Number three. We, are we, we show the love of God through loving God and loving people, through demonstrating our walk in love, through, through walking in love towards people, through walking in forgiveness towards people. In other words, that we show our love to God, that we allow people to do wrong things. We don't allow them. They just do wrong things, but we don't hold it against them. In other words, we are people that let things go. Oh, I'm preaching today. In other words, somebody might do something wrong to you, but you have to be a person to let things go. Are you that type of person? Or do you keep thinking about the infraction? Do you keep thinking about the mistake they made against you? And do you keep running that over your mind? No, you got to just let it go. Look at your neighbor and say, let it go. And in Mark 11, 25, 20, I mean, it's not easy to let it go. Have you ever let it go and then it came back up? <laughs> See, I'm letting it go and coming back up and it comes back up and you say I'm letting it go and it comes back up have you ever you know because you know that rascal should have never said that to me I oh man I, I know what I should have said to them and you start thinking about how you could have just took them down town you know in, in your words and, and you start re re replaying what happened to that, in that situation over in your mind. Have you ever done that? Look at your neighbor and say, let it go. You got to let it go, amen. Why? Because the Bible says when you let it go, then God can take it up for you. He can take up yours. In other words, the Bible says vengeance is the Lord's. In other words, God knows how to take care of these people. God can work on these people. Are you hear what I'm saying? You, you think be, staying mad at them is working on them. No, that's keeping God from moving on your behalf. Oh, I'm preaching today. Because if you're holding on to uh, ought, which is that, you know, you got, you got an issue with people, you know, holding on an issue with that person, then it, it, it ties God's hands from working in that situation. But when you release it, then God will take care of it. The Apostle Paul said it one time. He said these people were coming against them. And he said, may God repay you back for your deeds. Uh, your evil deeds against me. Paul said, may God repay you back. Ooh. Paul wasn't saying, I'm going to pay you back. No, he's saying, may God pay you back for your deeds. You're, in other words, we'll reap what we sow. If we sow good, we'll reap blessing. If we sow evil... Well, you know the rest. We reap what we sow, right? So, but we want to sow love and mercy. Why? So we can reap love and mercy. Am I talking to anybody today? So we got to be people of love, mercy, and forgiveness. And, and so in, in, in Mark, says, whenever you stand praying, Mark 11, 25 and 26, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you of your trespasses. So that, that's interesting to me. That tells me that if I'm walking in love and forgiveness, I get the grace of forgiveness. 
if I'm walking out of love and forgiveness, if I'm walking in, uh, uh, in uh, hate towards people and I'm holding unforgiveness, then I get the blessing of judgment. What would you like? Do you want the judgment of God in your life if you're holding on to unforgiveness? Or do you want the grace of God in your life, His forgiving power to, to grant you mercy? Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So what, he, what he's saying here is that if you, if you forgive, God forgives. If you don't forgive, God doesn't forgive you. Oh, man. That's strong, Pastor. Amen. And, and he says here, uh, James puts it this way. He kind of cl- makes it a little clear here. James says, for judgment is without mercy to the one who has show no mercy. Shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So, for judgment is without mercy to the one who shows no mercy. So, so if you want mercy from God for your little mistakes, you have to show mercy to others. Are you listening to me today or have you gone home? Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And we have to show mercy. He said, Pastor, you don't know what they've been doing to me. You don't know how they've been treating me. You don't know what they've been saying about me. Hey, listen, Jesus said there are, people are going to be talking about you bad a lot of times, but, but he said, count it all joy. He said, because great is your reward. And you said, great is my reward. Yes, because there's rewards in heaven for us taking abuse from sinners. And then there's rewards that down here on earth because eventually God's going to prepare a table before us in, in the presence of those talking against us. And God's going to bless us so much that they're going to end up saying, my God. I mean, the devil's going to tell them, stop talking about them. God keeps blessing them. Oh, you listen to what I'm saying today. Don't talk about them anymore. The blessings, because they're, they're praying for. And then God's going to move on your heart to pray for your enemies and get them saved. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? So for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So walking in love and forgiveness affects how God responds to our pleas. To our prayers. Walk in love or not walk in love will, will cause God to either respond positively to us or negatively to us. You say, I don't believe that, Pastor. The Bible says you walk in pride that God sets himself in opposition against you. What about that scripture? Well, he's never against me. Well, if you're in pride, he opposes the prideful. Well, that's talking about the sinner. No, that's, that's talking about us. Are you listening to what I'm saying? I don't want God opposing me. If I'm in pride, I'm being opposed by God. In other words, God, the, 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 what we're believing God for, increase and blessing and all that, may, may, we may be at an impasse until we get it right. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Until we lo- walk in love and forgiveness. What am I saying to you today? I'm just saying to you today, if we're holding, harboring ill will and bitterness towards people, it can keep us from being healed. In other words, the enemy could keep, uh, you know, afflicting our bodies because, because even Jesus talks about the man that withholds forgiveness, the tortures will come against him. Have you ever read that? Right? And and the tortures are demonic spirits that will attack you. Amen? 
and, and, until you repay back fully. Right? How, how you, do, you, you can't repay back for your sins, but you can forgive others. And that equates to God forgiving us. Am I preaching today? Amen. So, so, so us walking in love and forgiveness affects how God responds to us in our prayers. Amen. Romans 12, 14, 21. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard of good things in the sight of all men. If it's possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. And of course, my wife says, what if they're not hungry? We'll continue. And if he's thirsty, <laughs> if he's thirsty, give him no drink. In doing, uh, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's what George Pierre did, you know. That's what, that's what the, the MMA fighter, he overcame evil with good. He pulled out, so he had a couple hundred dollars in his pocket. This guy was beating him up and he gave money to him and told him, man, you can do better. He overcame evil with good. I don't know if he's a Christian, but he's practicing Christian principles. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so we need to be people that overcome evil with good. Amen. So, so I'm summing up my message here today. It says here that God will take care of those that's coming against us if we walk in love. The main thing we want those people that's coming against us, we want, we want the grace of God to be on their life, not the judgment of God. That's why we pray for them. But if judgment comes in their life, hopefully that'll get them to the point where they, they, when they get down, the only one way they can look is up. And they'll get into a position where they're seeking God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Because judgment is good at times. It's good that we get judged so we won't be, you know, judged with the sinners. Amen? Amen. And you say, amen, pastor. I don't know about that. Well, we'll continue. God is merciful father. Amen. It says here, and we want to be like our merciful father. It says here, blessed be the God and father of our Lord. Second Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and God of all comfort. So, G- so God is the God of mercies and he's the God of all comfort. He comforts us in our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those that are in trouble with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. So what this saying is that God is the God of mercies and we might be dealing with situations. We might be dealing with issues in our lives. We might be dealing with people coming against us, but God can comfort us. We can learn from this and then it gives us a platform to be a minister to others that's going through the same things. And so it says here that God is the father of mercies. And God wants us to be merciful people. Psalms 145, 8 and 9. The Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. This is the Father. The, the Father God is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, 
great in mercy. And you know what? We need to be gracious. We need to be full of compassion. We need to be slow to anger. We need to be great in mercy. Am I talking to anybody today? In other words, we need to be a reflection of our Heavenly Father. Amen? We need to be a reflection of His character. And as we see God as being compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, great in mercy, He's good to all. And when we start seeing Him that way and worshiping and thanking Him, we will become like that as well. We will be slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and tender mercies. And we will learn to be good to all. Am I preaching to anybody today? Jesus says He's the merciful high priest. In, in Hebrews it says, Therefore in all things He had been made like us, His brethren, that He might be a merciful, faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to the perpetuation for the sins of the people, for in that that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are being tempted. So we see that Jesus is called our merciful and faithful high priest. Amen. So we need to be like Jesus. We need to be merciful and we need to be faithful. We need to be merciful and we need to be faithful. Amen. We need to be merciful to those that don't deserve mercy in our estimation. But everybody deserves mercy in God's estimation. Again, I'm going to say that again. We need to show mercy to those that don't deserve mercy in our estimation. But for God, on His estimation, on how He sees things, all people deserve mercy if they're willing to receive it. Because the Bible says that God wants to give mercy to everybody. That he's not willing that anybody perish, but all come to the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. God doesn't want anybody going to hell. He wants to show mercy to the whole world. And how does he show mercy to the whole world? Through you. (laughs) He shows mercy through me. In other words, as we're walking in love and mercy towards people that don't deserve it, in our estimation, when we show love and mercy, we're showing the love and mercy to God to a lost and dying generation. And when we show that love and mercy, they get a glimpse of the Heavenly Father and eventually they want to be like us and we're like God. And then finally God will get into their lives. So we demonstrate the love and the mercies of God in our day-to-day living. We demonstrate the love and mercy to our God through loving our spouses, uh, by loving our families, by loving the people that we work with, by loving the people in church, by coming to church, by loving God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so as we walk in the love of God and we become that merciful Uh, we become that merciful person that Jesus is. Jesus is merciful. And Proverbs 3, 3 and 4, how do we do this? It says here, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And you will find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. So he's saying here, Bind mercy and truth around your neck. Write them on the tabby of your heart so that you'll find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. So what he's saying here, mercy, being merciful, will get you in a place 
of uncommon favor with God and with man. How many people want the favor of God on your life this year? How many people want abundant favor coming into your life? Favor with God. Favor with people. The Bible says when your ways are pleasing to God, God favors you and He will make even your enemies be at peace with you. So as we look at these keys and as we commit to loving God, as we commit to loving people by what? Going to church and tithing into the the kingdom of God and and, and, uh, walking in love and forgiveness, we're going to see the grace and the mercy on our lives. And this year will be so amazing. I'm telling you, we'll be so ready for the return of Jesus. Our oils will be filled. And I'm telling you, God will be ready to pick us up in that day. Did you receive it today? Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you that you're awesome, that you're merciful, that you're glorious. And I thank you for the precious people in this audience today. I thank you for those that are watching online. And Father God, we know that humility is the key to your grace and to your blessing in our life. And Father, I know that there might be some in the audience or those watching online that need to humble ourselves before you and, and put you first place. Repent change. Maybe we need to walk in forgiveness. Maybe we need to um, uh, start giving uh, like we need to and put you first place. Or uh, maybe uh, we need to start loving you more. And so, Father, I, I just thank you, Lord, if, if, if um, you're watching online and you have not put Jesus in the driver's seat, today is the day of salvation. You can put him in the driver's seat today. So say this prayer after me and mean your heart if you're ready to put Jesus as number one in your life. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your mercy with your love. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.